At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour three of the Nightcap here on VSIN alongside uh, the legends. They still talk about to this day in the Valley of the Sun. Those two years were just magnificent. I know you only were on the roster for one, but you were there for two. Number four on your roster, number one in your hearts. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. And I don't know if Todd Furman ever played for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think he did. Oh, Madden. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, it's his go-to. By the way, Todd, uh, once upon a time, Sean, an 85 rating in Madden. And then, you know, like two years later, it was a 68. But we talk about the positivity. We're trying positivity here i should have used it in my contract negotiation (laughs) (laughs) we bring in todd Furman. uh you can catch the podcast with pain insider bet the board and you can see him on cbs cbs sports hq uh i know uh todd that uh, you recently dropped a uh, that's what the kids say dropped a pod uh on uh on the acc so we could we could jump in there we kind of bounce around a little bit uh, but when you look at the ACC, and, and you and Payne broke it down uh, recently, a lot of buzz about NC State. Are you buying the Wolfpack hype this year? I'm buying Devin Leary. I'm buying the collection of talents that they bring back to Raleigh. But I'm not buying Dave Dorn as a coach that's capable of getting the most out of this roster and allowing them to enter that upper echelon. And what do I mean there? I don't think they're capable of winning the ACC championship, and I don't call them a dark horse national playoff contender like a lot of folks out there. I'm probably of the mindset that I think this is one of Clemson's last hurrahs, and while I don't necessarily love if DJ gets the starting nod, that front seven is arguably going to be the best in all of college football, and if the offense takes even a half step forward, I think we'll see Clemson return to some semblance of prominence, not like the uh, do-over that they'd like for last season's performance. Well, uh, I called last year's regression, and I'm with you. Uh, Dabo's loyalty to DJ could hurt them because I think the young kids, well, anybody's better than the performance that DJ put up <laughs> last year. But my question with NC State, generally a program like that that loses a top 10 draft pick on the offensive line has some regression. Talk to me about the offensive line component, because that's a significant loss, you know, from last year's team. There's no doubt about it. 
And I think we see it with some power programs that it's next man up, and that mentality really resonates. NC State, while they've improved their overall recruiting profile, is still a far cry from being one of those elite programs where they can just plug in NFL-caliber talent to replace the guys that have left. And so in the case of Iki Aquanu, I think you're going to see things be a little bit dicey early on for the Wolfpack. But when you have a veteran quarterback, you have to imagine that Devin Leary will be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly. But the one thing that I think a lot of people, Sean, ignore with this NC State team, if you're truly going to be elite, even in this day and age in college football, you have to average more than 3.3 yards per carry like NC State did last year. Now you're bringing in a guy that's a little bit more high profile and Jordan Houston that can take over the bulk of the carries, but you're talking about 96% of the returning carries leaving campus. I think the receiving core leaves a lot to be desired, and while the defense should be healthier, I just think the weight of the expectations on this NC State football team is ultimately going to be the pressure that bursts pipes, more so than the pressure that can kind of create diamonds. Yeah, and this is another situation, Todd, where the betting market versus some of the preseason prognostications aren't even comparable. I mean, right now I'm looking at Circa. NC State's plus 825 to win the ACC. Clemson's plus 140. But the way too early top 25 on ESPN.com has NC State ahead of Clemson. So, uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't add up there. Uh, NC State goes to Clemson October 1st. We're talking to Todd Furman. Check out uh, the podcast, Bet the Board, as he and Payne Insider broke down the ACC recently. Let's jump to Clemson. They're plus 140. I can't remember... Todd, the last time we saw a plus price in the preseason on Clemson, but they're coming off of a 9-3 and season. They, of course, did not win the ACC last year. So when you see that plus price on a Clemson Tiger team, they certainly have questions at the quarterback position. But if, you know, Cade Klubnick is as good as advertised, maybe he takes over for DJ at some point. When you look at Clemson, is plus 140 a tasty enough price to grab the Tigers to win the ACC? I would want a shade higher to try and tie up my money for this long on Clemson, but I do think that's the best value play, honestly, and credit to Circa for offering one of the more favorable prices in the market. The one thing that I really believe works in Clemson's favor is they essentially have three preseason games before they'll get into a meaningful contest week four against Wake Forest. And no disrespect to Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech, but if Clemson struggles in that game like they did last year, you can rip up that plus 140 ticket before they even get out of the month of September. So I think if DJ is going to be able to build confidence, it'll come in the game against Georgia Tech, against Furman or Louisiana Tech, or Dabo's going to have the tough decision because if DJ continues to struggle with accuracy against the inferior opponents, do you turn the reins over to a young quarterback and go, hey, Cade, this is your team because we know Brandon Streeter will be the guy as Tony Elliott's gone to Virginia. But they should be significantly healthier, especially at the running back position. And when you look at what Will Shipley can do, I mean, this is a guy that's a home run waiting to happen. I think the receiving core is a little bit underrated, but I know they're relatively inexperienced with Bo Collins and Dakari Collins, guys that are supposed to step up. And the offensive line, yes, this group struggled last year, but I think the continuity and the chemistry that they were able to create will allow them to take a step forward. So buyer beware who wants to sell all their Clemson stock. Uh, I'm not super high on the direction of the program and Dabo necessarily, but I'm thinking it's a little bit too early to eulogize Clemson's run of dominance in the ACC. And Todd, I'd agree with that. I think uh, Clemson's got some big decisions to make about how they run their program and how the environment around them is evolving and changing, especially from the transfer portal and the fact that Dabo generally does not like to utilize transfers. Having said that, the team in that conference really intrigues me 
is Miami. I'm a big Tyler Van Dyke fan. I think the kid has loads of potential. For the first time since his tenure there, there is no Derek King. He's the unquestioned starter. Does Miami have enough around him to make a run and potentially win the ACC? You know, it's going to be fascinating to watch what this Miami offense looks like because I understand all the optimism with Tyler Van Dyke, especially the way he finished last season. But you dig into the strength of schedule that he was able to put up those gaudy stats against, and they leave an awful lot to be desired. The one thing when you look at Miami's offseason, yes, they bolstered the program a little bit. We know about all the NIL money. But Josh Gaddis wasn't one of the first guys that Mario Cristobal wanted to bring in to try and be his offensive coordinator. And if Mario Cristobal can be a governor and put a harness on Justin Herbert when he was up in Eugene, will we see something similar if Tyler Van Dyke gets going? I think this Miami team is headed in the right direction. We know that Mario has strong ties throughout that area. But I worry about some of the other skill position talent on that offense. Let's see what Ole Miss transfer Henry Parrish can do in the backfield and if Frank Lazen can step in and achieve some of that promise that we thought he was going to be able to accomplish at Clemson. And when you look at this team defensively, I think Kevin Steele is a great hire, but there is no doubt this is the side of the ball that was arguably more disappointing than what we saw from the offensive side. And you talk about the transfer portal. Miami went out and did an awful lot. But, gentlemen, you watch football on the West Coast, and I don't think anybody is really trying to build their defense in the ACC with UCLA transfers. So I think Miami may be a year or two away. But fortunately for them, they play in the softer half of the draw, and I wouldn't rule out them getting to the ACC title, and maybe they have a chance to gel before they take on a team like Clemson uh, with the right to go to a New Year's Six bowl game. Talking once again to Todd Furman, CBS Sports HQ. Check out the podcast, Bet the Board. Uh, throughout the summer, he and Payne Insider will be breaking down each conference in depth, and the most recent one was the ACC. That's what we're focusing in on it tonight. So you, you mentioned that coastal division, and I agree. I mean, every year it is it is the the weaker side of the division, Todd. Last year was Pittsburgh, and, and with Kenny Pickett, they were not only able to win the Coastal, they won the conference, uh, but Kenny Pickett's gone, Jordan addison has gone, they bring in Keaton Slovis, so uh, it's you know not completely barren there, but losing the Blitnikoff winner is not ideal. You've got Miami, you've got Virginia Tech, UNC, I don't know what to think about them. They lose four pros two years ago uh, at skill position, then they lose Sam Howell, when you look at the Coastal, and I don't think there's any spots out there, at least I haven't seen it, of you know to win the Coastal odds, but is there a team that you're a bit higher on in that Coastal division than some are in the betting market? Well, you mentioned Pittsburgh, and one thing about the Panthers, that's actually been one of the sharpest win totals being bet under. That price opened as high as 9.5 throughout the market when uh, you know, only a handful of books had those numbers up. up. At last check, you're looking at seven and a half shaded over or some books using eight flat. So I think there's a lot of skepticism in terms of Coach Narduzzi's ability to replicate the season he had last year, knowing that Kenny Pickett was really that guy. And you talked about Jordan Addison transferring out. Now you bring in Frank Signetti to take over for Mark Whipple. I think it becomes a more run-heavy offense. I don't know if Pitt has the personnel to try and do that. Meanwhile, when you're trying to find a little bit of a long shot, and this is one that I can definitely get egg on my face for, I think it's a conference title or conference division championship or bust for North Carolina at this point. You look at the way this program has been recruiting, number 11, the best ever. They bring in a five-star offensive tackle in Zach Rice, a five-star defensive tackle in Travis Shaw. And I think for stretches last year, Sam Howell didn't look like the same quarterback that we'd seen previously. And, of course, when you lose some of that NFL-caliber talent at the receiver position, it makes things a little bit more difficult. Let's see if Gene Chizik can be the guy to get this defense playing up to a respectable level. I mean, 
this is a group that gave up 6.1 yards per play last season, ranked in the bottom third amongst all FBS teams. If they're just average there, and this team gets a quarterback to emerge, whether it's Drake May or Jacoby Criswell, who ultimately becomes the guy, Josh Downs is arguably the best receiver in the entire ACC. And I think North Carolina, if you shop around for their price to win the Coastal, it's 6-1 to one I've seen on the low end, upwards of 8-1 to one at a couple of books. That may be worth a small flyer, uh, just because I think this team is being a little bit oversold right now. What's well, I'll tell you this, by October the 8th, we'll know. They'll either be top five in the country or outside of the top 50. UNC? Yeah, man. Notre Dame, At App Miami. State, Notre Dame, Vontech at Miami. Whew. Yeah, the see. schedule, and I think, Sean, you mentioned it, uh, the game that will really tell us a lot about North Carolina, that week one game after they get the tune-up week zero against Florida A&M, when they go to Boone, you know the boys uh, in Appalachian State don't get a lot of ACC opponents to walk into their building all that often. And Miami took care Todd, of them a couple of years. You got to run. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers. As you cover, Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCasts wherever you get your podcasts. Great stuff from Todd Furman breaking down the ACC. Sometimes it's nice. We need to start doing that. We'll, we'll deep dive some conferences. We don't have to do it now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's June, but... Uh, I can't wait to deep dive some of those conferences. Take USF to win the AAC. No, don't do that. Don't, 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 no, don't. The year of the bull. Don't do that. Oh, so you go ahead and bet USF to win the AAC and and the Bulls to win the East, and and I won't do that, and then we'll see who's happy. We'll know after the BYU game (laughs) if I'm right about the Bulls or not. I'm just telling you, outside of Houston – Everybody else lost a whole lot of production in that conference. And listen, I know what people say about Cincinnati in their last couple recruiting classes, but it took Desmond Ritter and those guys two, three years of playing every game before they got to where they were last year. So I just think certain programs, and by that I mean Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, can handle losing you know, 15, 16 starters and not miss a beat. But most programs, man, it takes a year now. 
you know, because a lot of those kids have been sitting on the sideline, you know, in their mind fantasizing about what they're going to do when they get out there. Now all of a sudden they're out there and they're generally not prepared for like the amount of discipline and, and, and toughness it takes to, to duplicate that kind of success. So I think uh, he's done a great job at Cincinnati, but I mean, I would expect some regression, you know, and, and now hearing that, um, I mean, Fickle, I'm talking about Luke Fickle at, at Cincy, but, and now I'm hearing that the kid at Houston, the running back, tore his ACL. So, I mean, I think the AAC is wide open. You, you, you do know USF won 2 and 10 last year. Yeah, I know. But, again, I recruited a whole lot of those kids, so I know the talent that's there. Like, the fact that four of their five offensive linemen decided to come back, I recruited almost all four of those kids. Like, that's huge because all those kids can play. And like in a normal, without COVID, those kids would all be gone and I'd be picking USF maybe to lose every game. But because they have that offensive line back, I'm just, they're going to be pretty good just because of that alone. Now, I don't like that they brought the kid in from Baylor to play quarterback. I thought Timmy McCain did a good job last year, so I don't know internally, like, you know, how that plays out. You know, until you bring in a transfer quarterback, you know, how does the incumbent feel? So, they got to figure that out. But the fact that, you know, the offensive line guys came back, I mean, that's a huge deal now. All right, you, you go ahead. and, and I'm bullish on, on USF this year. I was last year, but I'm really bullish on them this year. All right, you, you go ahead and do that. I'm not going to do that. But best of luck. All right. You know you're baseball right now because, man, whoo. What are you? Was it fish grease? Yeah, man. Hot, hot, as, fish hot grease. as fish grease. I started to jump on the Orioles, but, I mean, the Orioles just so rarely sweep a team, especially as a road team. I was like, you're 2-0 in this series. Leave it alone. Scoreless right now in the eighth in the Orioles. Man on second. What is it? One out. So they got a shot here. They get a base hit to get the lead. But we were in the back. We were talking about the AL East. Man, that's a tough baseball conference. Oof. Especially now if the Orioles are going to look above average or at least average. They've, I mean, they, you know, they brought in was it um, their GM from the from the Astros, and they tore it down to the studs, and they've been bringing in pieces, and they've they've done a really good job. You know, ATS, they've been playing well lately. So Red Sox may be the worst team in that division. No, just saying they got bigger names than the Orioles, but I don't know that I'd take the Sox over the Orioles right now. You know, the Red Sox are like one of the best teams in baseball right now, just the way they've been playing. Just saying. Well, what kind of bet can we make with Red Sox and Orioles? I gotta think about that. One. I don't think your Red Sox are better than your Rays right now. That's isn't that what we're worrying about? Yeah, I mean the Red Sox would be the second wild card. The Rays are a game back as the third wild card. The Blue Jays are the first wild card. I know. So it's a division game. Is, it's a game and a half separating the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Rays right now. And the Red Sox, after a, a horrible starter, playing. Really well right now. Yeah, that bullpen's gonna let them down though. By the way, the uh, Boston is forty-two and thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Tampa's forty and thirty-three. I know, but you got to remember, Boston started what eleven and like twenty-two or well, something. They, insane? Like you always tell me, that's why they play one hundred and six. I understand, yeah. but since they have since that start, which by the way, when the Reds started three and twenty-two, that counts. Uh, they started eleven and twenty, and now they're forty. What forty-two and thirty-three? So, I mean, outside of the Yankees, they're one of the best teams in baseball since that horrendous start. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how this 
how it all plays out. The AL East is loaded. Since we made that bet, Reds are 23 and 25. Two games below 500. And that's probably with about 10 of those games (laughs) where they had the lead going into the eighth inning. So (laughs) That's okay. I won a lot of money on the Reds since I started backing them. I didn't say you wouldn't on a game-by-game basis. I said you lit money on fire by making a horrible bet. And then you doubled down, tripled down. We'll with see me. what happens at the trade deadline. Stop. I've Stop. been talking to people Stop. in Cincy. Stop. I'm just saying. Waste too much time on the Cincinnati Reds. Waste way too much time. Um, we get three hours, so if I, you know, can dedicate, can we you not? Know, can we not talk three about to five minutes per show to the Reds? That's good. I just want them to know I'm well, thinking about them. I hadn't forgotten about them. The worst. I'm still supporting the worst them wholeheartedly. The Facts. You can make a lot of money betting the Reds. I'm just telling you. Okay. You should come on this side. Nope. All right. Reds are plus 100 tonight. One. Congrats. I'm saying. All I care about is the White Sox are winning and the Brewers. Yeah. I bet the White Sox tonight, so I'm happy. Um, <laughs> I want to get to a, a funny story uh, that was in The Athletic today about Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is... Uh, <laughs> Check out the athletic. I had to laugh, and it made me think about you know you and some of the crazy things that probably went on in an NFL locker room. Sean Kelly and Max Scherzer were teammates in Washington. Mm-hmm. And who is Sean Kelly? Just for he's context. a reliever. Okay, yeah, just a kind of a nobody reliever. But <laughs> why hype him up? This whole what's well, true? Just saying, call the, a man a nobody. This whole can I can I talk? Yeah, this whole article is talking to different players and coaches. Sean Kelly goes, we used to keep mental notes of what we call Dusty-isms, the two years we played for Dusty, Dusty Baker. Dusty would get on these rants, these little fun pep talks. He got on this rant about pitching, and when you come into a game, he was like, you young guys with your hats up and your eyes all big, I'd be able to... I'd be on the on deck circle just licking my chops because I knew you were scared. Now, some of you bleep bleeps that come in with your hats down low and throwing your warm-up pitches like you don't give a bleep, now that's scary. Dusty goes, you know what else would scare me as a hitter? Is that bleep bleeping pitcher didn't take any of his warm-up pitches. So I was down, this is Sean Kelly, so I was down some debt to Max over some bad bets that I had made on some NBA playoff games and hockey playoff games. He was feeling bad for my poor little reliever self with his big Cy Young money. So he said, quote, I'll tell you what, I'll erase $1,000 of your debt if you go out there and you just throw one warm-up pitch and just say, bleep it, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Kelly said, I took a bunch of extra warm-up pitches in the bullpen. I went out there and threw one warm-up pitch and said, hey, I'm ready. The ump was like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm ready. Let's go. It didn't go well, but I did get some of my money back. Of course, I look in the dugout, and Max is just grinning ear to ear. (laughs) (laughs) Is Kelly still in the league? Did that cost Kelly his job? Uh... And was Dusty the manager when they did it? I don't know if Dusty was the manager. It sounds like it was post-Dusty. Yeah. 
<laughs> Dusty old school though. Man, I remember when I first met Dusty Baker. It was 2004. I had just signed with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And me and Emmett Smith, we uh, had went to the Ritz Carlton there in Phoenix to have a cigar. And he was like, my butt, my friends come and meet us. So I was like, okay, cool. And it was Dusty Baker. One of the coolest dudes I ever met. Old school to the core. He uh his He didn't tell me to go into the game without throwing any warm up pass. He left that out. I'm glad. He uh Dusty Baker, his introductory press conference in Washington was one of the most amazing things. He's just name dropping different people. He was calling Bryce Harper the wrong name on purpose. I mean, he is <laughs> I really want I I it it pains me that Dusty's Managing the cheaters in Houston. Yeah, they won a championship I, since he's been there. They have not. Oh, my I bad. really want him. I want Dusty to win a championship, but I just would love to figure out a way that he's on a managing a different team. But go read that piece on Max Scherzer. It is. Uh, it's something. There's something about uh, him on uh, really uh, messing with people on golf too. We got a break tonight, guys. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Nightcap here on VSN alongside Arizona Cardinals. Once upon a time, how many games did you start there? A couple? Two. Two games? Yep. Did, uh, Should have been a whole. Denny Green still be there if he just started me. I tried telling. I'll leave that one alone. I'm just saying. Um, His vision, my vision, didn't really match up. Um, did you start because of injury or because of lack of performance? Well, no, I'm, I'm lack, asking lack of performance. Yeah, from Josh McCown. And then, I, then they got rid of me after one year, and then brought in some guy named Kurt Warner. They end up in the Super Bowl. I don't know what the <laughs> heck was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a few years after that, but you get my point. Um, how was Emin as a as a team? Awesome, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yep. we call him Zone because he's the leading uh, touchdown rusher in NFL history. So we did call he break him it with you guys, or zone. did he break it? Nah, I think uh, he broke. He broke the record with the Cowboys, right? Yeah, with yeah. Dallas. Yeah, we call him Zone. Emin's a great dude. By the way, I think he's opening like some kind of. Uh, Sports bar, cigar lounge, or something down on the strip. I think it's like right across from uh, Caesars. If I'm not mistaken, I, I forget the name. I gotta look the name of it up. That's supposed to be opening sometime soon. Oof! One touchdown, four picks, Sean. Yeah, that's it's. I had a great game against Carolina. Got unlucky on two deflected balls. Played terrible against the Jets. And you had Fitzpatrick and Bolden on that team. Oh, man. Say it again? You had, you had Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden. Yeah, Fitz was a, a rookie. Quan was his second year, I think. I played a great game against the Panthers. I'm actually trying to find that game on video. Can't find it. I asked NFL Films and everybody. It's like they're trying to erase my whole era. Which one against the Carolina Panthers? Uh, that was one of the games I started. I threw for like 300 and something yards. You lost by 25. Well, I mean, I can't play defense. But a two-win team. Yeah, we weren't very good either, bro. It's not like we were juggernaut going in there. I mean, do, you, do you remember the name Nick Goings? Because he was going against you that He's day. A, he was running back. Yeah. Three touchdowns. You, if you go watch that Three game. Three touchdowns in to the first half. If you go watch that game, you'll be like, you played your butt off. I got, you know, sometimes you get unlucky. 
Two balls got tipped up. You Probably threw 52 passes in that yeah, game. Yeah, man, I balled out, man. Yeah. Watch as you could ball out, I guess, when you lose by. 25. Yeah, sandwich. Musha Muhammad, I remember that name. He had two touchdowns in that what game. What was the date of that game? It was November 21st, 2004. I don't know why I feel like that's the weekend Reggie White passed. What was the point spread, Aaron? Because the Panthers, I bet you that was a stinky line. Two and seven Panthers, I bet you they were a favorite against the Cardinals, four and five coming in. 28 nothing at halftime. Mm. Is that your first start as a Cardinal? I think so. First or second? Jets. Jets was the next week. Yeah. I mean, come on. West Coast team going east. We were already terrible. Tough position to be in. Hold on. I'm pulling up the Jets box score right now. Yeah, I didn't play good that game. You lost 13-3. to three. Yeah, I didn't play good. I actually got benched. That's when me and Denny fell out. Yeah? Yeah. Because I had watched Josh McCown stink it up for weeks. And I was like, are you going to pull me like – well, Josh came in and threw two more picks. Well, like I said, I had watched Josh stink it up for weeks. It was like me and me and Denny. I don't think we. I don't think we spoke again. God really? bless the dead. Yeah, we didn't talk after that. I was pretty upset with him. And you know how I am when I hold grudges. How the hell did you guys beat the Buccaneers last week of the season? Yeah, uh, they didn't have anything to play for. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they were five and ten too. Man, was, what happened to the? What happened to the Bucks? Man, you forget now. They let you go. Pre Brady Bucks. Oh, this was post Sean King Bucks. That period <laughs> in between King those two occurrences. Bucks. Come on, man. Bucks were what the Jets are right now. <laughs> you see how I threw myself into I that? Do, yes. Hey, man, you got to stay relevant somehow. <laughs> I mean, if you ain't believing in yourself, no one else is. Oh, man. That's facts, though. I, I won't, I won't. When they got rid of me until they brought in Brady, and not a lot of success. Aaron, is that true as a, a 100%. Die, diehard Buccaneer fan? He said, uh, largely, you're correct. I mean, winning the division means what? Everybody wins the division sometimes because the rest of the division is terrible. Yeah. Jets minus three? What about, what about the week prior in Carolina when Carolina mopped the floor? Two and seven what Carolina. we lost. Just say we lost. You don't got to rub it in. Oh, God, I would have been all over the Panthers in that game. So here's what's crazy. Carolina, 2-7, and seven, lay so and 3. I'm, re- oh, I'm remembering what happened. So this is when I knew I was doomed. It's my first start, and we're getting ready to get on the bus from the facility in Arizona. And Denny Green fires the O-line coach. So whatever happened after I little walk through at the facility, everybody went back inside shower get your luggage and stuff ready when we got on the buses to leave the facility the o-line coach was sitting on the car with a baseball bat he was sitting on his car with a baseball bat and that's how we got on the plane minus our o-line coach he was subsequently fired i still to this day don't know for what and that's what i was dealing with i mean ideal situation to begin your first start (laughs) and you were wearing four yeah right I mean, if you had 10, who had 10? I still hadn't talked to the kicker. The I kicker sw- wouldn't give you the number? Yep, all for them. Neil Rackers? No, it was uh, Scott Player. Oh. The punter, I think it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I offered him a lot of money for it, too. He wouldn't budge. Man. I ain't talked to him since either. 
And you still speak positively of your time in Arizona? Oh, I had a great time outside of the football part. Everything else was tremendous. <laughs> Shout out to the people of Arizona, man. Phoenix is an unbelievable place. I'm just saying. I, I was talking last year. We were talking about going to a game. Are you want? Are you allowed back? Oh, yeah. They invited me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no issues with those guys. Me and the Bitwells are really cool. They know they made a mistake. I mean, they went from me to Kurt Warner. I mean, come on. Can't sleep at night. <laughs> How was Larry Fitzgerald as a rookie? Was he? As, he's uh, awesome. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Fitz is a great dude. He seems like he's. Yeah, he's a great dude, man. Everybody on that team was cool. I, I saw we had Bertram Barry on the show. He yeah. was on that team. Adrian Wilson was on that team. I think he's a GM now or assistant GM in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. We had a bunch of great, great guys on that team. Emmett Smith was there, like we mentioned earlier. We, we had a good group. I, I remember. We just didn't win a lot of football games. You did not win a lot of football games. Yeah. That is uh, that is correct. You you lost a lot of football games. It happens. But you know what you did that year? More than, I would say, probably everyone watching? You started two NFL football games at quarterback. So you, you did do that. Yeah. I'm still mad at Denny for pulling me against the Jets. We're going to win that game. You weren't going to beat the Panthers. Yeah, what, I told you, man. What, had, what's the halftime? We had, we, had, we, had, we had some excruciating... <laughs> Circumstances, some real bad circumstances for that game. Down twenty eight. Just think about it. That happened right now. Head coach fires the O line coach on the way to leaving the facility, and the O line coach. See, back then, like cell phones, I don't think you could take pictures from them yet, because I still think you had to carry like the the two way to even like text. And think about now with all the camera phones, somebody would. Oh. Snapping a picture of the O line coach with a baseball bat, <laughs> sitting on his old school sports car. I think I think coach had like an older Porsche. Like he was finna rush the bus or something. Man, that that year was pure comedy. I, I will tell you that that year in Arizona was comedy. So they benched Josh McCown after you beat the Giants. And Josh was terrible. That's how you really feel. I'm just saying. It is what it is. I mean, he, I mean, I traded his career for mine. I mean, hell, he just stopped playing. We played 27 years. Do you see how much Chase Daniels? Uh... Yeah, it burns me up. But that's okay. It's not against. It's not anything against Chase now or Josh. Just saying, like, this is a different NFL then. I, I got to pull up the stat from, uh, I think it was Warren Sharp who tweeted it out. So Chase Daniel is uh, is Justin Herbert's backup. Yeah, they re-upped him. He will surpass $41 million in career earnings this year, Sean, which will rank him 62nd all-time in NFL QB earnings. He has started. Do you know how many games he started? Forget started. How many passes has he attempted in his career? I think it's under 100. Oh, it's, I think it's definitely under. Do you, yeah. know, do you know how many games he started in his career? Uh, none. Five. I don't remember those. Career pass attempts, 261. In how many years? Uh, this will be year 14. Wow. But no, wait. Uh, <laughs> year 12. Hey, good for him, man. Blaine Garrett's still in the league. 41 must be a Missouri now. thing. <laughs> he wasn't even drafted. Just saying. He must be some sort of wizard. In Shout the, out to Chase Daniel, man. In the man. coach's room or something. You come to Vegas, come holler at me, man. Yeah. I Buy your Casamigos. Uh, I don't think he, I think he should be buying us drinks. Nah, nah, we take care of him. He come to circle, he would take care of him. And then when we go to 
L.A. to watch Herbert. He'd take care of us. That'd be nice. All right. We'll wrap things up when we come back here on the nightcap. The Mariners have taken a 2 nothing Good call passing on the Orioles there. Yep. Got to know hot when to fold Hot them. as fish grease. Sean King betting baseball. This is the night. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare on vsin the sports betting network The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only 19 bucks, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today, and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL. Still got that championship this weekend. NASCAR as well. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features daily best bets, email every edition of Point Spread Weekly, Use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only 19 bucks to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now. Head over to vcin.com slash summer. Wrapping things up with the greatest Arizona Cardinal to ever live, Sean King. Debatable. Second. Second? Yeah. Behind Kurt? Um, Larry? No. Um, the guy. The, play, the military. Oh. Oh. Pat Tillman. Yeah, Pat Tillman. Yeah. Pat Tillman and me. No, he's a yeah, different, yeah. different stratosphere there. <laughs> well, I, I want to get to a couple things that we said last segment. But before, let's update people on, on what's happening in the world of sports. Um, hey, remember when the Padres were up 6 nothing? Uh, it's now 6-6 in the bottom of the eighth. Four runs in the seventh, two in the eighth year. Men on the corners. For the Diamondbacks, a chance to take the lead. Diamondbacks actually just had bases loaded, no outs. Yeah. And hit into a home-to-second double play. Which is pretty rare to see a, uh, what was that, a 1-2-6 double play? Uh, Robbie Ray, who won the Cy Young last year, then got himself paid, is pitching Incredibly he's well. He's dealing lately. tonight. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to get a win tonight, but he went seven innings, one hit, eight strikeouts, no runs. Mariners took the lead in the eighth. They lead two to nothing. They're trying to close out the Orioles here. Uh, and uh, have they done it? No, not yet. But two nothing, Mariners. And then, Sean, you can uh, 
It's not over yet. Headed to the bottom of the ninth. You have three outs. You have the White Sox. They lead 11-4. to I don't think I can wish myself here. I think the White Sox are going to win. I would say you're in pretty good shape. Yep. Just just keep that just clipped. There's no way they give up eight runs in the bottom of the ninth. I wouldn't wouldn't think so. I can see them giving up seventh and then going to extra innings, but I'm not going to give up eight and lose. So you can always tweet the show at one Tim Murray at Real Show. We just got a great tweet. <laughs> Rocco, I apologize if I'm. Uh, I'll just say Rocco. Rocco tweeted us. He said, <laughs> "Pre Brady, post King Bucks era." That is what Sean just said about the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll be honest, I'm not from Tampa. I don't follow the Bucks. Our producer is a diehard Bucks fan. So I asked Aaron, is it true that post-King, pre-Brady, kind of the dark days of the franchise, not full-on Steve Spurrier creamsicle action, but it was pretty bad. Two playoff appearances. Oh, what, 16 years? Longer than that. Yeah, 04 to, when did Brady get there, 20? Uh, 2020. Yeah, so 16 years. That's what they get. We get. Had a chance to have a lifelong buck from the city. Could have kept me forever. God don't like ugly. <laughs> uh, appreciate that. Appreciate the tweet. Yeah, appreciate you guys chiming in on Twitter. Uh, Russell Smith, who... Uh, there was another one that had something cool to say. Uh, uh, Russell uh, has, is a frequent tweeter. We always appreciate that. Uh, he's a, he's an ECU guy. Yeah. So he's high on uh, his Pirates this yeah, year. Yeah, the AAC is wide open. That's what he said. ECU returning 15 starters. Holton Aylers is... What is this? It's like 12th year. There. Yeah, 15th. I, I think he was there when you were coaching. So the same way you feel about him being there, think about the USF offensive line. They're, just, they're, that group is going to be the best in the conference. No. Donovan, G, Donovan Jennings, Demetrius Harris, Brad C. So all those kids, kids we recruited there, really, really good players. They're going like you're six. And then uh, <laughs> Tim on Twitter said, nothing like going through some KBO and hearing my man Sean King hotter than fish grease in baseball. <laughs> it's true. Hey, when you're hot, you're hot, baby. Yeah. Got to ride it. And just a reminder, Sean texted me exactly zero of these plays. So it, it's nice. I got to give credit to uh, St. Peter's, though. This all started when I called St. Peter's outright over Purdue. Been pretty hot since. Hockey, we might have had a little downstretch post All Star break when they got out of hand with the uh, with the odds. They're losing your 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 you. whatever man. I mean you you believe you believe in your your little fictional world there that you know it's been nonstop there. You know. Who's up in the cigar bets right now? Who had to pay who? Did you pay me cigars did. or did I have to get because you wine? I, I, okay, I, that's all that matters. Who's winning right now? And this doesn't matter. It's the end result, the end of the I game. Will. And I, I nobody will. cares who's up in the first quarter, the second quarter, unless you took the first half bet. But and I will not the one that's recorded in the win loss column. I will not is when take, all the time is elapsed. I will not take Purdue. So you think you're going to beat me? Yes. In the cigar bet this time, it's not going to happen. You thought you're going to beat me the first time. I did, and yep. I made a bad bet because Purdue's coach with a top-five pick, decided not to play two Giants together against St. Peter's and See, lost outright. Here's where here's where you kind of get screwed in this deal. I know your triggers. So if I do fall behind, I know how to get you just high enough on your peacock chair to where I can get you to make something that I'll bust the bubble. 
i.e. I like St. Peter's outright against Purdue. I mean, Sean, you do realize you have two bets backing the Reds against me. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. August 11th, remember. It's, an- that's why we write them down. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. You're 15 and a half games back, so just remind me. We all got White Sox. I could push there. White Sox won. Yeah, I could push there. No, you can't. How many games in front of the uh, Reds or the White Sox? Ten. No. Ten. Nah, no, they're not. Do you, do you like facts or do you want to live in your mythical Reds world? are what, 26 and 47? What are the White Sox? I thought the White Sox had 33 wins. Uh, the White Sox are 34 and 38. And right, the Reds 34. Are... So we're only eight games behind them. In the... They're up 11 to yeah. four. Have you watched the White Sox play? You just said they can't lose. Tonight they're going to win, but so I'm saying. So that'll be 35. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting closer. Sometimes. We're getting closer. They both won tonight, Sean. Yeah, but we're not paying the cigar bet tomorrow. I got time. All August right, we'll, 11th. We'll double down. Nope. Well, why not? Chicken? You don't know my triggers. You seem like a chicken. Huh? I don't know your triggers. I got you to bet two times against the, with the Reds. Yeah, I offered the bets. You didn't get me to bet. I offered the bets. Yeah, I offered the St. Peter's Purdue bet. I'm like old school Destiny's Child. I'm a believer. I'm just with the big red machine. Jorge Abreu is a terrible defensive first baseman. I also believe a little too much in, in South Florida, too. Just saying. You don't know that. I do know that. Here's the thing. like You can't name a player from your South Florida. You don't have the I, intricate I knowledge that I have about this and I, ball team. And I now, listen, and if they know. wouldn't have given all these guys this extra year, I'm telling you, I think USF might lose every game. But the fact that they did get this sixth year, I'm telling you, their offensive line will be the best in the league. And that's a heck of a thing to have in that conference. I was there for four years. And they've got skill guys. South Florida's always going to have skill position talent. But that offensive line will be the best in the conference. Just, that's that's going to mean something. They've got a loaded running back room. Most of those guys I recruited, I know who they are, what they're capable of, but T, Kelly, Jordan, I brought all those kids in. I'm telling you, South Florida's going to be a lot better than people think this year. Part of that is because the AAC is in a transition period. The big schools are moving to the Big 12, but also because outside of Houston, the other big schools lost a lot. Like Dylan Gabriel leaving UCF, going to Oklahoma, that's big. UCF doesn't have another quarterback that's on Dylan Gabriel's level. Like, I'm just, I, I know that conference in and out. South Florida's a good bet. Go over the win what? total, over the win total, and I like South Florida to beat BYU in an opener. I do. I really do. I think they're going to be able to run the ball on BYU, which will allow them to control the clock. Uh, just like when BYU came down in uh, Zach Wilson's junior year, I think that humidity bothers with them. They aren't accustomed to it. They aren't used to it. I think a lot of advantages. The fact that USF went to Provo last year, and played a really competitive game that they almost won, they'll be confident that they can line up and go toe-to-toe with BYU. It's a lot of things in their favor. A lot of things in their favor. Now, they still got to go out and do it, but I'm just giving you the context behind why I feel like I feel about that. Both bring back 85% of their production. One has a projected top 10 pick at quarterback, and one has a what, Baylor transfer. <laughs> I like Timmy McClain. I hope Timmy wins. All right. Uh, we got some good pitching matchups uh, tomorrow in baseball. Scott Seidenberg coming up next. Uh, he will uh, be breaking down the full baseball card. Uh, maybe Sean will, you know, be nice and hand out some uh, some tweets to me as he's hot as fish grease tomorrow. 
Summer conditioning continues. The Washington Commanders. The NFC East 2022 Division Champions. Sure. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll start uh, Rookie of the Year Sam Howell, too, Sean. Ooh, if that happens, I'm betting them to win the whole NFC and the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Visa. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.